0: Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, you want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.
1: This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com.
2: Barbecue, the only podcast in on the Ringer Podcast Network, swinging 3-0 in a 55-run game. I'm Jake Mintz, That's Jordan Schusterman. Jordan, we're always swinging. The, the rules are unwritten. Shouts out to Natasha Bennington. Yes,
3: exactly. And of course, I mean, if Your Mean has a podcast, I assume he probably, you know, would also qualify on the Ringer Podcast Network. We should say, yeah. but yeah. since he doesn't, we are the only podcast swinging 3-0 in a 55-run game. Uh, Jake, we have a lot to talk about on this here episode of Baseball Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Of course we do. That's the, This is when we do it once a week. We got there's a whole lot of stuff to catch up on. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about Albert Pujol's debut with the Dodgers last night. We're going to talk about Otani. We're going to talk about Trout. We're going to talk about the entire Mets roster being on the injured list. We're going to talk about the Minnesota Twins being a complete catastrophe. We're going to talk about <laughs> Vlad Jr., we're gonna do the good, the bad, the ugly. Talk about the twenty thousandth player, uh, and of course, I will once again ask, "Why haven't you homered yet?" The big magic You're off
2: the hook. We'll get to that later. Jake, where would you like to begin? I would like to begin in Los Angeles. Which Jordan, I'm actually going to be in Los Angeles. Oh, we should also say, Bobby, Bobby's out this week. So mm-hmm. if if you're expecting Bobby to pop in with quips, then be disappointed, and and that's okay. Um. Jordan, I'm going to be in Los Angeles in a couple weeks, okay? Mm -hmm. Much like Albert Pujols. Me and Albert Pujols will be in Los Angeles together in a couple weeks because he is the machine, is on the Los Angeles Dodgers now. This happened over the weekend on Saturday. And everyone's reaction was, what the hell? (laughs) What in the world is going on? Last night on Monday night, he made his debut for the defending champions, hitting fourth in the lineup. He was cleaning it up. He had an RBI single up the middle and the machine is back it was it was so
3: funny because the hit was like Taylor Made double play but the shift <laughs> made it made it perfectly uh or I don't know if there's a guy on, on on first but and when he hit the grounder I was like up oh, well cuz the first time he swings at the first pitch yeah. against Bumgarner and, it and it flies it. out to left he, he hit it pretty well he hit it pretty well now he also hasn't played in 2 weeks Right. So this is also uh, something to consider that they just plop the back in batting and for the Dodgers. It was pretty crazy. Now, you know, a lot now that we've kind of the dust has settled. We know he's on the Dodgers. We've kind of figured out, OK, look, they have a lot of injuries. The bench options aren't great. Like as far as baseball decisions go, it's whatever. I mean, I think a lot of us look at pools and say he's cooked. He can barely move. Sure, he's still hitting the ball sort of hard, but he's horrible against right handers. He's obviously a double play threat all the time um triple play threat triple play threat he's the the first quadruple play threat (laughs) right but uh now that we've actually seen a game with him not that it changes how good i think he's gonna be i really just want to talk about albert pools
2: and how much fun he seems to be having that's the thing it does change for me how good he's he could be okay is going an hour and a half north in california gonna make him Bring him back to what he was when he was at his peak. Because listen, kids, he was the best player in the world for a long time. Okay, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. Is it going to do that? No, but I don't think it's nothing that this man feels better about going to the baseball stadium every day now than he was before. The vibes for him in Anaheim were disastrous. They were bad. He was showing up there for the better part of a decade and sucking. For a team that had no direction and no plan, and Mike Trout, yeah. okay, and just to shake things up, something a little different, right? His routine is new. He's with new people, wearing a new uniform, and he just looks happier. Does being happier raise your OPS necessarily? <laughs> maybe. maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe I feel better about Albert Pujols going out there and hitting now than i did three weeks ago just because he's in a different uniform in a different place with different people probably a smarter organization and like this is nuts for me to say did he look younger to you or were the dodgers <laughs> social media team were they just like you know he touching up his face like some prom photos yeah yeah he was he was glowing as they say i mean you mentioned
3: how much of a difference could it make to go you know an hour north Uh, you know in California but it's really an hour north in the standings is really what we're talking about yeah right that is how that is where the vibes are really going to (laughs) change as for whether he looked younger or looked better I mean he was still not moving great he still did not exactly like you could tell even on the pitch that he that he flew out on in, in you know in this first inning it was like oh like Trolls used to just hit that out of the stadium, right? <laughs> it was like, right. it, was, it was, you know, there's still, he's 41, right? He's 41. But like, to your point, he does. I, I'm not going to say, wow, now I feel better about him being a better hitter. But it is like, I mean, you see this with uh, players that are more used to bouncing around. Like, think about the 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 normal, the average bench guy or fourth outfielder that bounces Matt around the Joyce. Cam, the, cam, the Matt Joyce, or no, like the Cameron Mabin, the Todd Frazier, honestly, right? Like, the Steven Souza Jr., like the guys who like show up. On a team who didn't have them before, kind of needed some positive vibes, and it's like, all right, let's shake it up, Ch- change up the chemistry. Except in this case, it's one of the greatest players of all time who is 41, <laughs> and like, it's like a, it's a weird mix of both of those things. But he was having a great time every time I watched him. Like interact with players in the Dodgers dugout it was like fascinating like there was a moment where him and Bueller seemed to be laughing about something and then later in the game him and Dave he seemed to be telling a story to Dave Roberts who was obviously like playing back when Pujols was debuting like there was so many weird moments about it obviously it's weird he's wearing 55 and he's weird he's in a different uniform at all but in general he really does look like he's having a good time I don't know how much that's going to drive him to be a better hitter but I am way more intrigued just to see how he fits in as like a teammate on this team.
2: Indisputably, Jordan, the smiles per game number for Mister Pujols has skyrocketed.
0: <laughs> exactly. I,
2: whether okay, he wasn't hitting in Anaheim. He probably isn't going to hit in LA. But he's having a better time. To me, that's really the 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 moral of the story here. It it's not moving the needle for the Dodgers. It's probably not moving the needle for him, as like on the stats sheet. But like if he can play decently well the whole year and get that number back up to 100 war and the batting average back up <laughs> over 300 probably not. You know? We'd yeah. Love to see no, it. it's it's true but again like it, when we
3: when we thought about when we signed we thought about okay well maybe he could get this last goodbye. Honestly, I mean, yeah, that would be great if he can make it to Saint. They go to Saint Louis in September, but for me, it's more about just seeing him smiling on a baseball field again, right? Because it was so weird to have it be so bleak in in Anaheim for the last multiple for multiple years, not just this season, and then to just be gone like that just didn't feel right.
2: When Manny Ramirez was with Tampa at the end, there was something sad about that. Yeah, there to me right now, not yet. There's nothing sad about Pujols being in LA. Mm -hmm. You know, it might get to that point. And I think part of the reason it doesn't feel sad is that he's not like on a team that feels like it was made and you know before he started playing. Like if he was on the Diamondbacks, it would be like, right. "Ooh, like I don't right. know, you know." Right. But there's something about him being with the Dodgers that makes it all feel more worthy, mm-hmm. and it's not a bummer yet. And so until it's a bummer, I will continue to watch and I will continue to to cheer. Jordan, let's head back down the all the the roads there are. Our uh our name, the the five the 405, is that why you get to five? Anaheim? Uh, uh,
1: uh, I don't know. I uh, we
2: Fine. don't you'll know. know. You'll, we're
3: you'll East Coaster, East Coast confirm, bias.
2: You'll confirm it to us when Please? you go to Los Angeles. We don't know the roads. Uh, anyway, we're gonna go uh, to yes. Anaheim where yes. Pulhos's former teammate, Shohei Otani, has not stopped. This man now leads the majors in home runs, which is incredible for you know a ton of reasons. Two of which, Jordan, I will say are he has fewer at-bats than a lot of people because he takes some days off sometimes because he's a pitcher. (laughs) And then the second reason is that he's a pitcher. And then the third reason is that he's a pitcher.
3: And then the fourth reason is that he really hasn't actually, like, again, it's been so start and stop with him. And not that we didn't know he could be a great hitter. I mean, we did see that in his Rookie of the Year season. We saw it in 19-19. We saw, like, even last year, there were flashes of it. I know last year, the overall slash line wasn't very good in the shortened season. And yes, he still strikes out a lot. And and I think one of the more amazing things about Otani, honestly, is that you'll see him early in games. He First of all, he swings harder than almost any, like, he, well, part of it is because he can't find a helmet that fits him. But, like, he swings so hard, and his helmet comes off on swings more than I think any other batter I've seen. And some of that is because he's so fooled on stuff. And yet, later in the game, he'll just like, oh, I know, never mind.
2: I saw it once. I look like an idiot and now I'm going to hit it over the fence. Well, it only takes one swing. That's the thing. If Shoyo Otani goes out there and gets fooled seven times and doesn't get fooled once, that's you know, that's probably one for three with a walk and a homer. <laughs> <Right>. You know? <laughs>
3: right. Right. He's got the, the margin of error. But I mean... It's, it's not just the, the, the raw power alone that is spectacular. I mean, the, the pitches that he's hitting out now, you know, last night he hits one out that's a foot above the zone. He pokes a curveball out of the zone over the monster for an opposite field home run in Boston, which that is extremely rare. That happens like once or twice a year at most. I mean, again, and he's swinging harder than you could possibly imagine. You could see pitchers kind of work to exploit that. Early in games, and then you it feels like this, it's it feels like either he's ambushing early and just like completely like he did on Sunday Night Baseball against Cease, or he get, looks terrible in his first at bat, puts it together, and then is just, you know, incredible. Now, here's the thing: the Angels, it's now it's all about autonomy, but we could talk about the trout injury. Well, let's just mention that quickly. Trout left the game last night, looks like it's gonna be a cast train, he's gonna be out for a month maybe well we, we don't know for sure yet but that's we're not doctors about the timeline we'll see well, it sounds like he'll be out for at least a few weeks our resident dr bobby is
0: yeah. not
3: here <laughs> this is not here to tell us about the subluxations or whatever um but now it's it's all about it's gonna be all about otani not that it basically already hasn't been all about otani in anaheim and our good internet friend worldwide Wob, uh, who of course is i guess a casual baseball fan in the way that we're casual basketball fans tweeted at us this weekend saying like what the hell is it going to take like can shohei otani win mvp if the angels lose 100 games yes and the answer is i guess yes because uh, i don't know what the worst team trout was on that won the mvp but it is doable there is precedent literally on his own team but i mean he it feels like it now everyone is putting out these quotes saying he's you know matt barnes and the other day said he's the best he's the most physically gifted player in the world by far like Everyone's putting out saying like, yes, he's the best. I know some people are saying he's MVP now. I'm not going to, we don't have to have an MVP conversation now, but he's the story of the league. And we knew that coming into the season. We said it coming into the season and he's delivered.
2: I think the trout injury. I mean, it's not like Otani has been overshadowed by trout in any way, but trout being out now for a significant period of time is going to put the spotlight on Shohei to an extent that it really wasn't before, right? There's a shot Jordan that like in a normal day, Otani is the second best player on his own team and like the fourth best player in baseball, right? Right. And just him (laughs) being, which is crazy, but just like him being the guy every day is really gonna, like it. it, now's the time. And Mm -hmm. I don't see any reason why he can't win MVP, right? He is doing something that's never been done, ever, full stop. And I think it'll be easier for him to win MVP on a bad team than it would a normal hitter. Right, A normal position player, a regular eight win trout year, because what he's doing is so historic and has no precedent yeah like the 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 hook to an a voter is so much higher mm-hmm. and I think that if you see it, there's something about following Otani and you know online or watching him on MLB TV, but for the people who are lucky enough to get to see him hit and then pitch in the same series in person. That's got to just absolutely alter your perspective on the guy. So yeah. for me, yeah, he's my—I would say—he's probably my AL MVP right now. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, Jace fans, we're going to talk about Vlad Jr. in a little bit. I know he's
3: in that discussion as well, um, and there are some other guys, of course, that are in that mix. But no, he's—he—he he can absolutely win it. I totally agree. Uh, as for the Trout injury, like this is every time Trout gets hurt. Really, what it comes down to is it is a complete shame because. He is maybe the best player of all time. Any amount of time we are not able to watch him is unfortunate. It is him. It is making it harder for him to approach all the records that I believe he will approach You know, later in his career. It's just making that a little bit more difficult. Hopefully, this isn't serious. um, But obviously, it also is only going to make it harder for the Angels to remain even close to 500.
2: Uh, So, yeah. The baseball gods every year take Trout out for about three weeks, maybe a month, because the, uh, the MVP Ray Jordan. If he plays the whole year, like we talked about is it's, it's boring. We, we, right. we, said this at the beginning of the season, right? When you're trying to predict the American league MVP, you have to say two different things, right? There's if trout is healthy, it's him. And any other take is wrong going into the season, right? Maybe Otani, maybe, maybe, maybe this season at the beginning of the year, you could have told me was a legitimate pick, but most seasons, if you don't say trout is the AL MVP, you're probably wrong, right? And then you have your ALMVP prediction if Trout misses significant time. Mm. If you go back and you look at the years where he didn't win. Most of those years, it's because he missed time and he's still finishing in the top three or four, usually, right? Except for the two Cabrera years where he should have won and played full seasons, right? So like what this does is it opens the door, maybe depending on how long he's out, for... Uh, Vlad for Otani for other players in the American league to win that award. Now, if this wasn't the angels, we would now have a discussion about how this injury impacts a team moving forward. You know, that if you're listening to this podcast, you know that the angels were screwed before he got hurt and are more screwed now. And I don't really want to talk about that team anymore. Jordan staying on the injury bug vibe. Let's go out to Queens where I was last week. At a baseball game.
3: You went to a baseball game.
2: You saw your Orioles put up a pretty pitiful performance, uh, all things considered. But the most important thing is that I went to City Field and I didn't get injured. Oh, that's true.
3: Which again is uh seems to be a a rare a rare feat at this point. Uh after last night, and again, let's take a moment here. Thoughts are with Kevin Pillar. Holy holy crap. shit, that was terrifying, and we hope that he's
2: okay. Like, yeah, go if ahead. If you haven't seen this video. Don't go out of your way to watch it. Jordan has not seen it. I, I was not. watching the game live. You don't need to see it. It is disturbing. It will make you queasy. Just, you don't watch it. Don't. That's not that we're not
3: like, oh, dog, check it. No, no. Not okay. Now, thankfully, I mean, again, he's he has, you know, Pilar said, okay, I'm fine. It's also reported he has multiple nasal fractures. This is something that, that might take him out for the season. We'll see. But okay, so that's that Obviously, we have to mention that because that was the scariest and most upsetting injury of this bunch.
2: Really, like, the vibe around that game, mm-hmm. the, the vibe switch mm-hmm. was really fascinating. And, like, Jacob Webb, who threw the pitch, was clearly distraught, and good mm-hmm. for Brian Snitker for, like, knowing that. Like, Absolutely. to me, I think that is a is a really important thing for a manager to do and to know is to see when one of your players who you know well is not right. Jacob Webb was in no position to keep pitching. Snicker realized that. He went out and he got him. It was just, it was a very difficult spot. And obviously Webb wasn't trying to throw it. He, no one is like mad Mm -hmm. at how this went down, I think. Mm -hmm. And I just, this is the type of situation where everyone knows there was no ill intent, right? Of course, of course. And, And, you know, Ken Rosenthal
3: actually just wrote an article Talking about how hit by pitches are up more than ever, and velos up more than ever, and this is—it's just a dangerous recipe. And you know, like, are we gonna have to talk about now? Well, we'll have substances so that they can use and have better control. Like, the point is, it's just pitchers don't have worse control, and they are throwing harder than ever. that's a fact, no matter what substances they're using or not, like that is happening, and it's—it's it's a dangerous recipe. And like, yeah. that's the thing—is is stuff like this is going to happen, and and I don't know what the solution is, um but. Uh, it is a scary moment and hopefully we you know hopefully everyone turns out okay and we don't have another one like this soon
2: jordan i'm not there yet but i am becoming seriously more of a move the mound back guy we could i don't want to talk about this Mm. now because i don't have my argument fully fleshed Mm -hmm. we recently had a friend of ours who's a major league pitcher be like there's no way they can ever move the mound back it would be a sham and i'll Mm. defer to the professional baseball players but Just want to alert everybody. There's a chance I become that guy this summer. We'll see. (laughs) Okay.
3: Well, I'm I'm pushing that conversation to another time because I don't want to talk about that now. But let's keep let's stay on the Mets here uh, because the Pilar, which is, of course, a freak injury, was unfortunately the latest in a ridiculous line of Mets IL stints, which is now up to, I believe, well over 10 players. Basically, everyone. Okay. So you want to just go ahead and, and list off who's currently on the IL because um, it is it is pretty staggering uh, the New York Mets as it currently stands here is who is here's is who is injured we've got J.D. Davis who's going on a rehab time so he's probably gonna be the one back the fastest but he's out Giorme out McNeil out Almora out Conforto out Nimmo out DeGrom out hopefully that's not a long-term thing obviously Cindergaard has been out Carrasco has been out Lugo moved to the 60 day he's been out but he has been out and uh yeah Robinson Cano he's also missing time (laughs) Um, sorry Uh, and and now Pilar will of course also be going uh on the injured list and Malik
2: Um, Smith I believe is
3: also hurt Malik Smith who I don't think has appeared for them but I think he is also injured uh so it is getting pretty bleak um this lineup now is basically the outfield in particular is looking very dire. You have Dom Smith, who's obviously not particularly the best outfielder, but we still love Dom and we're glad he's healthy. Dom will be in left. And then I guess they're maybe going to move uh, VR out to center field. Right field, they just called up Khalil Lee and Janeshwi Fargus to fill in. Jake Hager can maybe play outfield in the pitch. But well, the point is, is these are the names that you do not want to be relying on if you're trying to win a division. Um, And, you know, you could say this happens to everyone. Of course, the Yankees have experienced this and there are other good teams. The Dodgers are having this situation now. A lot of teams are hurt right now, but this is a pretty epic run of injuries.
2: It's also glaring for the Mets when going into the year. One of the narratives was, how are they going to fit all these outfielders in? Right. It was like Smith, Davis, Nimmo, Conforto, Pilar, Almora. Like, how are they going to do it? Well, here's unfortunately how like. I don't know. It 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 super sucks um, running out Smith, Lee, Fargus is not a recipe to win a division. Hopefully, those guys get back healthy. Jordan, however, there is one player on the free agent market mm-hmm. uh, with experience in Queens, experience in the city field outfield, who could maybe provide a little boost named Ioannis Cespedes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe not. You know, he's been on the Mets before. Mm-hmm. He's also been hurt on the Mets before, so I think he'd be a good fit. There's another guy um, who probably
3: would be ready to help them at this time. I think he's – I just saw him play. I think he's on the Mariners. His name's
2: Jared Kelnick. He Mm. also could be – he probably would be playing, I assume, in this situation. Do you think Um, the Mariners would do like the Mets closer, Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano, who still probably has some pop in his back? They right. get even traded even the year, but yeah, yeah, probably they get traded. To, well, the Mariners are like not there. Might you know? I think twenty twenty two is the year for them. So if right. you get Cano and Diaz for next year, for next year, yep. send back Kelvin. And honestly, you could even throw in Justin, Justin Dunn.
3: Dunn. You can throw in, you can throw in Justin Dunn. Like to get Diaz, like I would, do yeah.
2: That. So I don't know uh, where you know, Jay Bruce, and, like a fair deal. We'll, we'll I don't know where that. Jay Bruce and Anthony Swarzak <laughs> are, but and, maybe they Ger- get in the deal and Gerson Bautista.
3: And I will say though, uh, jokes aside, I am very curious. If we get any because, uh, you know, free agent jokes and, and old jokes, aside, old trade jokes aside, I am really curious if we start to get some some trade action, not just for the Mets, for some of the other teams that are super banged up at some positions like the White Sox, um, like the Dodgers, maybe even still like the Yankees. Uh, I, I am curious if we start to see some some movement here. I don't know exactly who that would be, uh, but I think that that could very much be in play because this is not a tenable division winning outfield and it's no it's not their fault whatever injuries happen but like you, teams usually do something to address that and i be curious to see if they can pull that off go get michael a taylor <laughs> well i have no idea how he's doing kent city but there you go that,
2: that would be a very good fit um all right where are we going do you want to talk about do you want to talk oh. about Kelnick quickly like uh, i know they talked about his debut yeah. uh, uh on friday but just as a mariners fan like he hit a home run and it was pretty cool yeah no i mean like
3: the, the way I've put it is uh, regardless of, of how much better this makes them like it is another good player that I'm tuning in to watch. Yeah. Um, when he debuted, it was very weird to have the whole major league like just general fan base or general fans. Just like all MLB people like, wow, all right, we're going to tune in and watch Kelnick. Uh. And then they almost got no hit in his debut. But he I mean, yeah, he's he's looked he's looked good at sometimes he's looked struggled in other at bats because he's again bare, still truly barely seen upper level pitching. And you can tell that that's happened. But He's going to give you a good at bat. I'm glad that they're throwing him right into the fire. He's batting clean uh, leadoff every day, and uh, I think he's going to. He's he doesn't he figures this shit out pretty quickly usually. So uh, I'm sure he will adjust. And it has been very 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 fun to watch him. So sorry Mets fans, I know you could use him. Let's move on to another depressing topic before we move to something a little more positive. Jake, we got to talk about the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Uh, A few weeks ago, we did a segment. Uh, Where we looked at the standings and we said, what do we learn from the first month of standings uh, that, you know, maybe we didn't expect um, from the, you know, when we preview the season. Right. And I came on here uh, we went division by division and I said, I am officially concerned. And this is at this point, they were probably four or five games out of first. I said, I am worried about the Minnesota Twins. Uh, ability to really be in the postseason picture. I didn't say they're doomed at that point. I was just like they are already in kind of a delicate spot here and I'm not sure it's going to be very easy for them to compete to the di- the division the way that we thought they would when we put them in the mother hecker tier of the <laughs> of the season yeah. preview. Um and now as we sit here today on May 18th, the Minnesota Twins have the worst record in baseball. Yikes.
2: Where do you want to begin? Okay, I want to start with the good stuff because this is what's weird about the Twins. Now, they've been very unlucky, generally. They've lost a lot of close games, but they've had a number of things that have actually gone very right for them this year so far, which is bizarre. Nelson Cruz has continued to defy aging. He's been great. Byron Buxton has been arguably the greatest player on planet Earth whenever he's been healthy and on the field. Josh Donaldson, similarly, whenever he's on the field, he's crushing it. Um, big Mike, Michael Pineda has been outstanding for them. But like, like that, those are things where at the beginning of the year, if I had said all of those words to you, you'd be like, oh, like the twins are doing great. But the issue is that all the auxiliary pieces have been just abysmal, starting with Kenta Maeda, who was a top three. Uh, finisher in the Cy Young last year, and he's been horrible. Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker have also been terrible. Even though I was, I was all it on the Matt Shoemaker bounce back. So you can, you can yeah. get on me for that. You, you and can then take the bullpen, the mm-hmm. bullpen after Taylor Rogers and a competent Hansel Robles has been just abysmal. Like, no one has been fine in their bullpen. Yeah. They're just giving up runs and buckets. And then on the lineup side of things, like Sano's been bad. Everyone else has been like average but it's like if you look at the numbers for the for the lineup it's like this is not the worst team in baseball that's the thing and they're in the same division as
3: the tigers who we've been crapping on all season and when you pull up the tigers roster and you pull up their stats you're like oh yeah 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 this team's horrible like you you're like okay no one literally no one's hitting the pitching is you know the bullpen is a complete you know disaster like we get it it's obvious right and we knew they were going to be bad so that's baked into it too right but they're somehow ahead of the twins i mean to your point like it's it's close runs they're zero and seven in extra inning games which is that has really been the the devastating part um of of this Twins season and there was a stretch of them where they played like four or five in the span of two or three weeks and it was just they lost every single one i believe they're the only team to not win uh, an extra inning game this season, and yeah, look, I know the extra. We can we're not going to get into the to the um, to the uh, to the runner on second rule, but you know it should at some point work in your favor. And to go zero and seven in those situations is really, really, really crazy. Um, so that's been a, a thing that's obviously swung in pretty hard in, in that direction.
2: All right, Jordan. Uh, ERA plus is a metric used to you know simplify ERA and compare it to the league average. League average is a hundred. Jordan, I'm gonna read you the top three relievers by ERA plus for the Minnesota Twins. Number one is their closer Taylor Rogers, 134. Number two is their setup man Hansel Robles, one, uh, 117, and their third best reliever this year in two innings with a 104 ERA plus is Williams Studio. It has after to after last night too. Yeah, even <laughs> after oh last goodness. night. Yeah, it's it's pretty
3: bleak. Um and. I don't know, man. And and like I said, like I, this is it's. I mean, it's over for them. Like I'll say it. Like I mean, think about this way. So what the Nationals were nineteen and thirty one on May. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you heard about that. Nationals were nineteen and thirty one. They won the World Series. They 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 made sure we all knew about. that. Okay, okay. The Twins are thirteen and twenty six. So if they go six and five in their next, you know, eleven games, they'll be nineteen and thirty one. All right, and. Then we will still, but here's a the problem. They're chasing the White Sox. Okay. The White Sox are pretty good. I don't, and I know the Nationals were in the wild card game, so maybe we're not talking about the division anymore. I don't think that I think the Twins are cooked. Do I think they're going to finish with the worst record of baseball? Obviously not. I think they could maybe even be able to fight back to 500. I do not think they have a chance of making the postseason anymore. I don't know what their odds are down to now but I can't imagine here. I'll check that quickly, but I don't know. I think, I think they're done as, as sad as it is to say.
2: I am not ready to put the final nail in the coffin yet. I think this lineup is too good and has been underperforming mm-hmm. to this point. I think it'll bounce back. I think the pitching is just bad. Like I think the pitching the concerns thing. me a lot.
3: My thing is tough. I, I, I could not have seen that coming. That was really disappointing. Hopefully he can get, I mean, I hope we, I don't think he's this bad. I hope there's just something. Right, because, okay, so can.
2: even if Maeda figures it out, then you're still running Jay Happ and Matt Shoemaker out there yeah. two times every five days. And like, they're not figuring anything out at this point. So that's uh, where my skepticism is
3: Fangrafts,
2: Fangraphs, uh, before we move on
3: to some Vlad Jr. chat, uh, Fangraphs currently has them, again, they have the worst record in baseball, still gives them a 7.4% chance to make the postseason, which is better than Kansas City at 5.4%. We know they've had a tough last few weeks. Um but well below Cleveland's up at 21.3 and of course the White Sox. Now the yeah. highest likelihood to make the postseason in the American League at 84%. So shouts out. Yes. Uh, all right, Twins, sorry. It's been it's been a rough stretch. All right, let's move on to down to Dunedin.
2: Sorry. For the final time? S- sorry, I think Toronto. they're leaving. I think they're outie. Yes. The they're Jays are to, leaving Dunedin.
3: I, I believe they're heading to Buffalo uh soon. Isn't that Uh, a famous
2: shipping up the Buffalo to to return
3: to return to their their 2020 home of Salem Field. Uh, But let's talk about Vlad Jr. because he did some more crazy shit this weekend. He is making that Dunedin ballpark look very small. He will soon be launching balls onto the highway in Buffalo that we miss so dearly. Uh, One of our favorite parts of of the 2020 season. And look, man, I mean, this is it. This is what we all hoped. This is what we all expected. Coming into the year, we were like, look, guys, I know we've been disappointed in Vlad because he hasn't yet been the best hitter in baseball, even though he's a child and was overweight for the first two years of his career when he was still a good hitter. He was basically just getting by with pure talent, just showing up there, be like, all right, sure. All right. I'll just be a big, good big league hitter, even though I'm out of shape and I, you know, I've barely seen major league pitching now. Gets in the best shape of his life. No, no jokes. stuff like that is a fact. And holy fuck, he has been unbelievable.
2: He played in 183 games heading into the season. He barely had been in the majors. And we were like, he's washed. Like he's, <laughs> he's disappointing. He is everything that we hoped he would be. Sometimes you got to have a little bit of patience. He hit back homers and back to back to back games over the weekend. He had four in all of last week. He's just been incredible. There is no such thing, Jordan, as a boring Vlad Jr. home run. It is either a moonshot, a laser beam, or something in between the two that is just a delight to the eyes. And I want to have the conversation of what it means to be the best hitter in baseball. Now, this is different than the best player in baseball. Like, we could argue that the best player in baseball is Otani, but he's certainly not the best. Like, he's a very good hitter, but he's not the best hitter in baseball, right? And even with Trout, there was something. uh, There's something about Trout, and maybe it's unfair to him, where his game is so well rounded that, like, even though he's the best player in baseball, it feels like you have to give the best hitter in baseball moniker to someone else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like someone else has to just hold that.
3: Sure. I mean, I think Trout is still in this discussion, and and strikeouts alone shouldn't eliminate you from this discussion. But I, I do agree that it is a slightly different conversation. And when you look at Vlad's numbers right now. It is very simple. This is a guy hitting 319, slugging 609, and walking more than he strikes out. And he's 22. That is, I don't know how many other players, I mean, walking more than you strike out in 2021 is by itself a ridiculous feat. Uh, that is already something that very, very, very few players do, let alone while also producing the kind of power that Vlad can can contribute. And yeah, man. I mean, who who else would you think is in this discussion right now? Because I think he probably is the answer. If it's not still Trout, uh, who I still think would be
2: okay. People you know, who correct. are in this discussion, I think the top tier is Soto, mm-hmm. Trout, mm-hmm. Guerrero. Mm-hmm. Not yet this year, but it was, and maybe still is Freddie Freeman.
3: Mm-hmm. And then I, I have one more. T- uh- one nick more castellanos candidate <laughs> uh he, no. when nick castellanos is hot um there's maybe hot an argument there uh i would say the other the other three i would mention and these are all kind of similar ilks i know the numbers have not been super crazy this year would be mookie obviously uh bregman when bregman is on and jose ramirez jose ramirez yeah yeah uh, those would be the ones um, who who I would throw in that conversation. Too.
2: I also think that it next year, we'll be adding Jordan Alvarez to this list, like as he <laughs> yes. continues to just yes. skyrocket. But if no, I mean, if you're field. talking upper crust, it's like Soto Guerrero, Trout, Mookie, Jose Ramirez. Yep. Right? Yep. And like Vlad wasn't there last year. He wasn't there a month ago. And it is a story, it is news that he has now ascended into that space, right? When I think best hitter in baseball, the thing I'm immediately thinking of, okay, it's a fastball, about 94, about a ball off the plate on the outer half, and it's Miguel Cabrera waiting on it and flying it out for a home run to right field in Comerica. Essentially mm-hmm. what he did through the snow, right? He used to do yeah. it all the time and not just on, the, on opening day in a blizzard. To me, that image of Miggy is like what it means to be the best hitter in baseball to be under so to be under control to have a plan and to both have the i the hitting iq and approach with an insane amount of physical ability and i think vlady e has had the physical ability and now he's learning how to be a hitter mm-hmm. there is a handful of people on planet earth who can hit some of the home runs that he's been hitting right and then there's a handful of people on earth who have the approach that he has and then very few people him and soto have both right <laughs> right right and that's what makes and their children man that's what makes them so special and look
3: w- listen obviously if you're listening you're like what about harper what about bogarts and what tatis and acuna? and acuna like look these we- are all amazing players and yeah we would in a lot of cases rather have them than maybe the burly slugger like vlad although vlad is a- ascending to a territory where it's like dude i don't care if he's sitting on first base like i don't care like he's that yeah. is who i want on my team it's like peak poo holes it's like you're hitting enough i don't give a shit what position it's, seriously do whatever the hell you want in the field whether dh play a bad first base whatever like you are a a, a world-class hitter and again but he, what he's doing now is what we thought what it would take a little bit to to build up to but apparently it just took like two shortened major league seasons uh for him to kind of like get his feet under him and he's like okay all right cool. now i'm the best here in the world i wrote an
2: article about this but the funniest thing is like can you call it a breakout if we knew this was coming like if this was supposed to happen yeah, you can't sneak up on someone if your name is vladimir guerrero it's like oh wow a guy named vladimir guerrero jr is good at hitting he did Whoa. it all. He, he again. He's never been bad at hitting. He's I he know. hit 400 in the minors,
3: and he was hit. He was a good hitter in the majors. It's just like the 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 bar was so ridiculously high, and now that he's like at the bar, we're like, all right, good, cool, cool. cool. This is what it should be. It's like no, no I'm no, no, happy no. now. Like no, this is fucking unbelievable. Let's appreciate this for what it is. Um, okay, we love Vlad Jr. Obviously, we will be talking about him all season long, but we're gonna take a quick. Break, and we will be back with the good, the bad, the ugly, and some other fun stuff.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes
2: All right, Jordan, we are back after the in-between innings break here on Baseball Barbecue. Did you get some ground balls rolled to you by your first baseman? Do you feel ready to go? I did. I did. I only threw one into the dugout and had to scream, heads, heads. Did you uh, enjoy watching those ads for Boner Pills on MLB TV I while did. we were away? I did. I also
3: enjoyed the... I just watched the... I don't know if you saw this, but Bryce Harper actually walked off against the Cubs. And then oh, jumped. my God. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right time for everyone's favorite segment no not good bad ugly yet it's time for why haven't you homered yet Oh. yet. oh wait but we have an interesting development for this segment of course if you're not familiar this is the segment where i go and take a look at which baseball players uh in the major leagues have had the most played appearances without hitting a home run so far this season. Of course, it's so easy to hit home runs in 2021. It's all the rage. All these cool kids are doing it, and the ball is still pretty juiced. So why haven't you homered yet? I like to ask, and then Jake likes to answer. But we have a huge development. When I, we first did our first uh, season edition of this uh, segment, we asked I asked a couple players why they haven't homered yet. Adam Frazier, I asked why he hasn't homered yet. He's homered. I asked Gleyber Torres, why he hasn't homered yet. He finally homered. I asked Yandy Diaz, why he hasn't homered yet. He is not still homered, but we'll just put that aside. <laughs> and Nick Mandrigal, we really, I was, I, I asked you, Nick Madrigal, why me. haven't you homered yet? And you told me because you can't. I said, look at me. Look at me. I'm tiny. I look, I can hit 330, but I can't hit it over the fence. But last night in Minnesota, in the White Sox blowout of the Twins, nick madrigal did in fact homer for the first time in his major league career of course it was a wall scraper of course he thought it was a double off the bat and he was sprinting second base but he did hit it over he got to take his time around second third second and third and nick madrigal congrats you have finally homered uh your takeaways from this home run jake
2: uh everyone was laughing the whole time that's what made it so funny is that Madrigal was laughing at himself as he rounded third. Mm-hmm. He tried to act cool, and he totally couldn't, and just started smiling. Uh, the dugout shot of Lucas Giolito losing his mind because everyone knew that this was just like you know, oh my god, the kid who hits ninth on the little league team homered right. It was mm-hmm. so much that energy. It was great, um, and you know, in the in the post game interview, Madrigal was like, "I'm ha- I knew I was gonna get one. I'm happy I got it now, so I don't have to think about it." He was like, I knew I was gonna get a couple, and I was like, did you? Because we did it.
3: <laughs> we weren't so sure. I think he had one or two in the minors. I know he wasn't in the minors for very long, but uh yeah, I mean, this is like good for him. I'm it's also not surprised like, it
2: finally happened, but
3: it was it was exactly what I pictured. <laughs>
2: right. Everything had to go right. It was like a, a 91 J- mile J-Hop. an hour fastball, like middle in, and he just like turned on it. Like that's what it's gotta be, right?
3: The the shot of J Hap as Madrigal's rounding the bases, was not only, you know, encapsulating the entire Twins season, but it was just like, he was like,
2: really? Did I really just do that? Did I really just allow a home run to Nick Madrigal? One thing I loved about it last point is that he hit the ball 99.9 miles an hour. Yes. Oh, I'm that glad you mentioned that. he couldn't <laughs> even get to 100. Now, I know that technically the hard hit line is 95, but there is something about clicking on it being like 99.9 miles an hour. <laughs> it was the Madrigal home run? Yeah, he... Uh, I think he
3: has maybe one or two balls hit over 100 this year, but... I think before this, this is by far the far, obviously it's a home run, but like he hadn't even hit one. He had like the walk off triple uh, a few weeks ago or double that was over the right fielder's head. It was like 350 feet. That was the farthest ball he had hit. He is a bizarre player. We have to debate how good he really is and how valuable he can be. But congrats to him. And he's right. It is good that he that he got it out of the way because I was uh, definitely starting to get worried. Speaking of not getting your
2: first home run out yeah, of the way. Speaking of not
3: getting your first home run, it's time. Th- we have to do it. We have to do it once again. It's time for Why Haven't You Homered Yet? I am looking once again at the leaderboard. And, you know, the guys at the top are still got, are two guys that we did last time. David Fletcher and Yanni Diaz have still not homered. Uh, you mentioned because Yanni Diaz because you're too strong, I think is what you said. Yeah. And you're just too focused on hitting uh, the undergrounders as they were in backyard baseball, just bashing balls into the ground. David Fletcher is, Nick, is basically Nick Madrigal, so we're not surprised by that. Um, so we're going to move them to the side. We're going to do a little bit of a few more names. Okay, now those guys are way ahead. They're over 150 plate appearances without a home run, but I'm going to throw some new names out there for you, Jake, to answer on behalf of these players. Why haven't you homered yet? Are you ready to begin?
2: Yes, we are ready.
3: All right. Uh, The guy, I don't believe we talked about this gentleman last time. Uh, He's now up to 142 plate appearances this year without a home run. He has been arguably the worst hitter in baseball for his new team, Elvis Andrews.
2: Why haven't you homered yet? The change of scenery has thrown me. I am used to the, you know, the hot Texas air and not playing in a football stadium. I'm a baseball player. Okay. I'm not a football player. And so having to play where the Raiders used to play has really just thrown me for a loop. Mm -hmm. that's a that's a great answer yeah i I don't know how anyone
3: hits home runs out of football stadiums uh next one up this is a guy who also fits perfectly in the fletcher magical category and i know you are not a huge fan of watching this gentleman play so i'm pretty sure you can tell me you know exactly why he hasn't homered yet but nicky lopez he of the 132 plate appearances for the kansas city royals why haven't you homered
2: yet nicky lopez because i don't have that much power like what do you want like i look at me like i can't
3: he is very scrawny. He is Look, a I'm scrawny, scrawny. Look, I know I'm a skinny guy too. Like I get it, right? If you know me, I'm Jordan Wild. Wow, you're so skinny. No, no, no. But I'm not a baseball player tasked with hitting balls hard. That's not my job. So it's fine. Uh, Nicky Lopez becomes a player. Oh no, he can't. It's not happening.
2: Yeah, I'm a um, throwback player, which is <laughs> which is code for I can't hit it hard. Uh, our next player, we don't have to stick on
3: Nicky Lopez. This one hurts my hurts my heart a little bit. Victor Robles, 126 plate appearances. He's been a little better at a nice
2: series in, in Arizona, but the pop is really not there. Victor Robles, why haven't you homered yet? Because I'm still only 23. People forget that. I know I've been around for what feels like 10 years because the last two years of our lives took 10 years. Um, and the Nats World Series Championship feels like it happened in 1995, but I'm still a child. I'm still young. I have still not... Really, yeah. Do you do you know, did you just guess that Victor Rollis is twenty-three or do you have his page up? I
3: don't have his page up. I just okay, wow. Because when you said I'm still 23. I was like, pretty sure he's 24. He turns 24 tomorrow. So you sneaking it under the (laughs) wire there
2: with, I tried to fact check you there, but you, you buzzer beater. He is in fact still 23. Look, (laughs) as the representative for why haven't you homered yet? I know my age. Okay. Duh. (laughs) I, Victor Robles am 23, but I'm still young. I still got time. You know, I'm still really quick. I got quick twitch people thought i was going to be the next andrew McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe i'm not but i'm still pretty good and uh i'm younger than like adley rushman <laughs> uh, i think probably pretty close if not what's what's is, what's robles birthday uh robles is may
3: 19th 1997 oh no older than that never mind but uh the, i'm just disappointed in you victor um because i watched you hit some pretty big homers in 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 the winter league yeah. and i was getting excited i was like damn here we go Robles going off, and it does and,
2: not happen. All right, and I'll two say more. this: I'll say this. Yeah. You know, quick uh, humble brag. As someone who was invited to Victor Robles's um, <laughs> block party World Series celebration in Santo Domingo, he's a big dude. Like he's right. he's like he's not wiry. Like he no. has he's baseball player. That's four why it's weird. Yeah, I know. It's it's it's
3: strange. All right, we got two more uh, today. Um, let's go with uh, a guy who. Once again, he's found his way back to this team every single year. And I know he, wow, he has really finally fallen off a cliff. I have no idea how much he's been playing. But Brett Gardner, why haven't you homered yet? You have been really bad for the New York Yankees. I assume that's why I haven't been seeing you play very much. Um, and I assume that's just because Clint Frazier, who's also been very bad, I guess has been playing more. But Brett Gardner, I mean, you, you it seemed like you still had some something left in the tank.
2: Why haven't you homered yet? Because I'm selfless. Mm. I know that as a veteran on a team like the New York Yankees, it ain't all about me. Okay. This is a team full of home run men. All right. But me, That's I'm true. a leader. I'm a leader. I don't soak up the spotlight by doing things like banging my bat into the roof <laughs> of the dugout or screaming at people every chance I get. I don't do those types of things. And I'm not a showy guy. And so to not be showy, I don't... uh you don't i don't hate home runs you don't hear much uh it's not about the name that's not on the back
3: it's about the name that's not on the front
2: it's about <laughs> the name that's not on the mlb home run twitter alerts exactly one final one for you today
3: this is another disappointing one and we're gonna go from the yankees to their rivals in boston Now the red sox lineup has been excellent this season with the rejuvenation of J.D. Martinez, your Brogarts have an MVP campaign. My beloved Rafi Devers has been awesome. But you, my friend, Franchi Cordero, we heard all about your legendary raw power when you came over from Kansas City in this weird Ben trade, but you, Franchi
2: Cordero, why haven't you homered yet? What the hell, dude? This is what you're supposed to be doing is hit home runs. I think I need a change of scenery. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, yeah. like... I don't know. Like Boston's fine. You know, there are some people, Jordan, who are kind of nomadic. You know, they can't (laughs) settle down in one place. They got to bounce around. And maybe that's Franchi. Maybe it's just the next place. It's the next spot that's going to unlock the power. One more move. One One more move. move. Just one One more change of scenery. Send him to the Orioles. I will say, Jordan, Franchi Cordero, one of the nicest baseball people I've ever met. Like, awesome guy, friendly, personable, wishing for the best for him. I do think that he would immediately be the best player in KBO. And I think he'd be <laughs> perfect there and would become yes. an absolute superstar Yes, over there. I don't yes. think it's time to pull He's, the a, plug little on. Little He's a little too young. He's a little too young. He still has a couple more years of trying to figure it out in MLB. But it's, I think he is like a perfect KBO guy.
3: Great call. Great call. So, Franchi, hopefully you can uh, hit a home run at some point here soon, whether that is here or for the Hanwha Eagles. All right. Time for the good, not, the bad, not Hanma. Anywhere not Hanwha, but Hanwha. Yeah, let's get him on a better team than Hanwha. Uh time for the good, the bad, the ugla. This is the segment where we look back on the week in baseball and tell you what was good, what was bad, and what was ugla in honor of Dan Ugla, legendary rule five pick, one of the greatest slugging second basemen who ever lived. He was very weird. Baseball is weird. We like weird things. We tell you what was ugla in this past week, but let's begin with the good. What was good this week, Jake Mintz? Freddie
2: Freeman's kid. <laughs>
3: Did oh, you okay. see this video?
2: I don't think I did actually. Okay. So Freddie Freeman's kid is probably the most famous baseball kid, mm. um, mostly because there. Freddie Freeman's wife uh, frequently has a camera on Freddie Freeman's kid, which is great. Like, but we just get a lot of Freddie Freeman kid content. Okay. Yep. There was a video of Freddie Freeman's kid smacking like a little. The kid's like four, I think, three or four, mm-hmm. smacking like a little baby home run, mm-hmm. running to first base doing the Ozuna selfie celebration (laughs) and then rounding home and doing the Acuna, like, I'm gonna eat celebration, okay? Stirring it up celebration. Here's why this is good. Freddie Freeman's kid obviously watches a lot of the Atlanta Braves, right? (laughs) Freddie Freeman's kid watches a lot of Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman's kid as a kid doesn't know the unwritten rules of baseball, doesn't know the cultural history of the game and, like, the struggle to make it more fun, All he knows is the players on the TV that he gets to watch, right? And Freddie Freeman's kid has been presented with a choice. Either he could be like his dad Mm -hmm. and put his head down and smile and like, you know, be very good, but also like pretty boring. Or Freddie Freeman's kid could be like Marcelo Zuda and Ronald Acuna Jr. and just be awesome and do celebrations and have a great time. Mm -hmm. And because three-year-olds are geniuses, like- Little Charlie Freeman was like, I want to be like Marcelo like, oh, Zuna. Wait a minute. They're way cooler than my dad. Bingo. And like, we, I like Freddie Freeman. I think, I think I've grown to like his vibe over the years, Frederick. But like, Frederick, right? He's not uh, as far as boring players go. Like Freddie Freeman's not too bad, but I just like the idea that Freddie Freeman's kid was like, I want to be like Marcelo Zuna. <laughs> well,
3: because Freddie Freeman is like, he is right. right I guess boring in some senses but he's very happy boring he's very like yeah. it's very Jovial. bubbly it's joyful like it's not like he's not it's not like serious baseball player boring the way some other players like are. whit merrifield is uh, like wh- the most <laughs> well i th- i still think it's goldschmidt i think goldschmidt is yeah, at yeah. the top of that list but um but yeah so no freddie's great and uh and yeah, and he's obviously been been finally heating up again too. So
2: kids are um, honest, man. Kids mm-hmm. are honest, and they know the truth. Okay.
3: Yeah. No. That's they're like, oh no, I I know who's sorry, who would, Dad. Sorry, Dad. I'm I'm gonna be. I'm gonna act like your cooler, younger teammates. Um, <laughs> all right, for my good this week, I am taking it to the minor leagues. And I'm going to just focus on a couple players, um, but not just the players in particular. This is more about just like a minor league baseball experience and experiencing minor league baseball. And I want to talk about how three of the best prospects in baseball, Wander Franco, Adley Rutschman, and Julio Rodriguez, did some amazing shit over the weekend. They have been spectacular. For their uh, uh, respective minor league teams. And the reason why I, I wanted to talk about this and what, what I'm calling good this week, and what I've missed so much about minor league baseball, and of course we talked about that when it came back and we did the whole episode about it last season, um, is M- MILB TV slash not having MILB TV and just like how we experience minor league baseball players' success. Because while it is, you know, we have MILB TV and there are feeds and we see Adley Rutschman hit this home run and we see Wander Franco has this, you know, with the Durham Bulls feed, it's like basically a major league broadcast. It looks great. we see it in HD and we have all these replays and these different angles and it's great. But then the next level down is Adley where it's like the buoy broadcast with this hilarious camera quality. And there's only a a shot from behind behind home and you can sort of see where the ball lands. And it's like, okay, here's Adley doing these mystical, amazing things. And then down to Julio in Everett where they don't have a feed and you're relying on whoever is just like in the stands taking video of Julio's home runs. (laughs) And I just miss that so much, right? When we last year with no minor league season with the alt site, maybe you get some videos from the team prospect account tweeted out very you know selectively but i just love the the spontaneity of consuming minor league baseball stars I've, i just missed that so much yeah. where where you just you never know what's gonna happen there's always all these players so many games going on at the minor league level there's all kinds of crazy shit happening and uh man i just i just missed it and it's great to see the guys at the top really performing
2: it's like those videos of famous rappers before they made it big where they're like shot. Very poorly in like the 90s on like a, or like in the, on a flip phone, Mm -hmm. right? There are two, like, there's one of like Biggie Smalls, like on the street before he was famous. There's like one of Eminem in a car, I think. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like that same type of energy. It's like the, the jankiness of the, the video footage makes the legend even bigger. Exactly. And like, it really is, you know, for even,
3: you know, five or, you know, 10 years ago, if you saw like, even when like Bryce Harper was coming up, there was no, I mean, maybe there was MLB TV, but like it was very hard to find video of Bryce mm-hmm. Harper doing stuff in the minors because people weren't used to just taking videos with their phone all the time, no matter what. Now, when Julio homers, I'm almost sure there will be a video from someone in the stadium, which is great. And those videos also feel so much more intimate and cool because in a minor league park, you're everyone's close to the field yeah. and you can hear it better and you can feel the reaction and it's an angle that you don't expect. And that is just a lovely thing. So uh, minor league of baseball, welcome back. Um, and I'm going to talk about... Actually, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for my bad here because I'm also sticking in the minors. And oh, I get need right to, talk, to bad. Yeah, I, I got to talk about the Fred
2: Nats. Let's talk about Fred
3: Nats. Let's talk about the Fred Nats. So <laughs> what are the Fred Nats, Jordan? The Fredericksburg Nationals. The low-A affiliate of the Washington Nationals, formerly the Potomac Nationals, who were the high affiliate, they moved from Potomac and Woodbridge, Virginia, to a new spanking new ballpark in Fredericksburg nearby. And this is a team If you build
2: it, they will come and lose. Yes.
3: Uh, The Fredericksburg Nationals are, as we sit here on May 18th, just a couple weeks into the season, the only winless team in minor league baseball. They are currently 0-12. And the 0-12 is staggering. Yes, the 0-12 is like, wow, you are 0-12. That's bad. There were a couple other teams that were 0 9, 0 10, Binghamton, Kenneapolis had a tough start. The 0 12 is one thing. They have a minus 88 run differential in 12 games. Now, for, for reference, the Tigers, who currently have the worst run differential in Major League Baseball, are at minus 66. And they are 11 games under 500, if you think of it that way. So it's about comparable. Like, this is just horribly terrible baseball and the reason why i want to bring this up is because we talk about how what is the point of the minor leagues and we talk about okay well yeah it's about development it's about players who they're just trying to get better they're trying to become the best individual players and of course they want to win but it's like this is I, i do wonder what it's like to be on a team like this because major league baseball teams very rarely lose i know the royals did recently lose this many games in a row but they never lose they're never getting crushed to this degree. And uh, I know the Nationals have a thin farm system, but this is this is pretty tough to watch. And I we might be in, in 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 line for one of the worst minor league teams we've ever seen.
2: Well, I I think when especially coming off of the pandemic break, where mm-hmm. a lot of teams have a less of a sense for how good a lot of their own prospects might be, yeah. And the idea that you're just gonna oh we're gonna send the guys who are this old mm-hmm. to this team at this level and see what happens, right? Because we don't have stats from last season. And I guess that the t- the low A Nats maybe not ready yeah and look
3: there's a good article jj cooper wrote about how just how minor league baseball in general has been very like i said there's been a lot of good going on but it's pretty rusty like they're the last right there's a lot of walks there's a lot of hit by pitches like it's not the prettiest baseball right now to with the layoff no surprise at all um but i just i'm i'm pretty pretty shocked by this i just again i need them to just get one win because it's it's not good at this point it's no longer funny I need them to get one win. Then I can go back to being like, they're the
2: worst team. Of all uh, still funny. Still funny. Okay. What is your bad this week? Jordan, my bad is a gentleman by the name of Yanoah, Yanoa, mm. uh, who is known, I would say probably because he has two home runs this year as a pitcher, which leads including a all, grand slam. including a Grand Slam, which leads all pitchers not named Shohei Otani. He doesn't count. We've talked about that. But Huascar Yanoa will not be upping his dinger tally to three anytime soon because he punched a bent the bench in the dugout and broke his hand. Jordan Schusterman, he will be out for a number of months. The already thin Atlanta pitching staff gets thinner as you know his hand gets more swollen. I want to just talk about punching inanimate objects and in frustration as baseball players. To all you major leaguers out there, to all you kids listening, don't punch stuff with your throwing hand, okay? If you're going to punch something out of frustration, you got two hands in this life, okay, pitchers. One of them is probably worth millions of dollars to you, okay, At, or will be one day. The other one, you use it to like hold your knife when you're cutting steak, okay? It's a, you don't need it. You really don't even need your, your offhand. Just punch the wall with that. Worst case scenario, punch the wall with your offhand, you're out for a couple of weeks, okay? You punch the wall with your throwing hand, your season could be over. Okay, and there's a long history of major leaguers doing this dumb crap and punching walls. Jason Isringhausen punched a trash can in 1997 who broke his wrist. Kevin Brown, s- dumb, punched a wall in 2004. Smart, did it with his offhand. That's what we, th- that's what we call thinking. Next better, level, open your third eye. Move. AJ Burnett sliced his hand open, punching a wall, and then he lied about it. He was like, yeah, I fell. And they were like, no, you didn't. And he was like, yep, no, I didn't. Punched a wall. Hunter Strickland did this in 2018, which uh, no duh, because he's you know kind of off the rails. And then on the hitting side, this happened to both Tulo and Harper, where they smashed bats, and like mm-hmm. the splinters from the bats hit them in the face, and they had to get like face stitches. So don't, if you're mad, if you are the type of player or person who gets mad when you fail in sports, that's good. You know that about yourself, right? And that's fine. Like you can scream. I have no issue with that. I would recommend a dugout pillow, okay? Mm, Love this idea. You bring it into the dugout. It just sits there. You can sit on it, sit on the pillow in between innings. You can scream into it. Maybe some in-between-inning pillow fights. But when you're really mad and you got to punch something, you punch the dugout pillow, not the wall. Because I understand the the frustration. I mean, I don't because I'm not a major leaguer, and I've never really punched anything. But, you know, you get mad and you want to, like, Dugout I mean, pillow. Genius idea. idea. just get them a freaking punching bag. They can afford it. Put a punching bag hey, sitting down there, you know, behind the dugout. Like I Dugout. Um, no, punching bag too firm. Too Listen, firm. Okay. Dugout yeah. pillow. Pitcher coaches. If you have someone on your team, okay, get someone mm-hmm. on your team you know is a hothead. Every right. Everyone knows who these guys are. Keep a pillow nearby. Okay. Oh, wascar you know, went out there uh against the Brewers, gave up five runs and four and a third. He's a Maybe an angry dude sometimes comes in from the dugout. Hey, Oscar, grab the Here, dugout pillow. Here's a pillow. Yeah, you hand it to him. It's like <laughs> as he comes off, he gets handed the dugout pillow. <laughs> a glass so of funny. water and a dugout pillow. It's so funny.
3: Yeah. Although that was that was another takeaway. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned his his line. Like, when I was like, oh man, he broke his hand, I was like, how bad was it? It's like, oh. He was meh. Nine hits, five runs. Two walks, six strikeouts. I don't know if that, four and a third. Like I know you guys lost, but like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that was worth.
2: Uh, I don't know if that was worth breaking the hand. over. Jordan, what's worth breaking the hand? Oh, 15 what's runs. a recent <laughs> baseball memory? Recent baseball memory that's worth breaking the hand for?
3: Oh man,
2: as a fan or as like no. a as like a put the player in there as in a as a pitcher. Recent pitchers' performances yeah. that were frustrating enough you'd break the hand. One that comes to mind is is Jose Leclerc slash trevor got last trevor year wherever kept yeah. running trevor got back out there oh
3: he, i have an easy answer alex calame uh alex yeah. calame um who i know has been terrible but he had an outing a few weeks ago this is right when the twins are really starting to spiral he hadn't pitched in a week they bring him in against oakland and he blows the save twice first in the ninth and then in extras and throws fifty something pitches oh, I more, that. I that. more than he had ever thrown in his career. Yeah, blew the game two different
2: times, and that was worth. Yeah, if okay. I'm breaking my hand, I'm doing it after my team gets eliminated. Like if I give sure. up like a big homer, like if I punch a wall, and like on October twelfth, I'm ready to roll by February. Like that's mm-hmm. not a problem at all. Yeah, great, great point.
3: Um, so uh, and it sucks because he's like their fourth best hitter. All right, let's move to the ugla. Let's Move to the ugla. Uh, for my ugla this week. I'm going to talk about Nicholas Castellanos. Is he Nicholas now? Is he Nick? I don't know. He goes back and forth every week. I have no idea. Nick Castellanos uh, has been one of the best hitters in baseball. And what a surprise. A trip to Coors Field did not uh, stop that (laughs) from being the case. Oh, really? (laughs) He had a very big series in Colorado. His OPS is still over 1,000. He has been spectacular. But the ugly that I want to talk about is something that happened after the 6-5 victory in extra innings against the Rockies. Um, a few days ago, when the uh, Nick Castellanos, uh, of course, we were expecting him to do, you know, the post game interview with Jim Day, as he as he does. Do you want to play the clip? Can we play and, the clip? Uh, yeah, let's. I guess yeah, we should just play the clip. Let's let's play the clip. So again, hold on. I just want to give give the context here. So again, Reds win. Castellanos has a big home run. He's great. They go. All right. Let's send it down to Nick Castellanos, and here's what happens.
2: Now, what led up
1: to the fist bump?
2: So uh, I told Nick when
3: he got up there that he should imagine that uh, Rob Manfred's face was on the baseball and the next pitch, he lit it up over the fence, baby.
2: All right. So what you were listening to there was him giving the headset to a fan. Now, it should be said a fan that he had clearly interacted with on the way back from his home run earlier in the game.
3: Mm-hmm, yes. And you could see him. It sounded like the fan, uh, you know, had said something to him before he hit the homer, and then he homer. This is in Colorado, so there's just some random Reds fans sitting behind home plate in Coors Field, and you could see Cassianos dap him up, and then after, you hear this, and I I just, first of all, shouts to Jim Day, one of the best uh, best in the business, doing his best <laughs> to get out of that situation, of course all recognizing right. the absurdity. That's good. Like, okay, that's gonna do it, uh, which is just bizarre. Um, but the reason why I'm putting this in my ugly is just like, the Reds are beefing with baseball more than really anyway. than General MLB. Yeah. There was, did you see the Amir Garrett quote? So he came off his suspension. So Amir Garrett had a quote um after he, because he just got activated after his suspension for what we believe was not necessarily deserved a suspension, but you know, Amir always getting into it. And uh, this is from our friend C Trent Rosecrans said, Amir Garrett said, You live and learn from suspension. So I asked what he learned. There was a long pause, some starts and stops, and finally he said. I learned not to have fun. <laughs> okay, well, Amir, in this case, I'm not sure that's exactly what we're talking about here. I think maybe learn not to have emotion is probably what they're talking about, which is still stupid and bad. But this is really clearly an ongoing thing. And like Castellanos, obviously he didn't give this stranger the headset expecting him to say what he said, I don't think. Although the look on his face makes it feel like he is exactly what he wanted to say, which is kind of crazy. Um, But the Castellanos shrug here and being like, I didn't say it. You can't suspend me. Uh, it was pretty stunning television. And uh, I just had to mention it.
2: It's an outstanding move. It's like the type of thing like a, like the lovable, evil, good guy, bad guy and like a, and a protagonist in a movie does where it's like, you can't. T- I'm untouchable. It's like something from White Collar. Remember that show? It was like, it was. I'm so <laughs> <Right>. slimy. Like. <laughs> Yeah, you know? it
3: was uh, it was pretty well done uh, if he didn't, in fact, want to do it on purpose. Because you so, yeah, can't I suspend,
2: thought that was you can't get you can't suspend Castellanos. He didn't say anything. Right. Right. I mean, can you? Yeah, I just can you suspend someone for a look?
3: <laughs> for, well, that would be worthy. That would be worthy of it if um, if you could. Uh, hopefully he doesn't. But I wouldn't put it past. Uh, The question, I don't know what, what, on what grounds, like what rule did he violate? I maybe, I mean, I assume you're not supposed to hand the headset to random strangers.
2: uh, (laughs) And Jim Day's like, we're on live TV here. Reminder. Like,
3: (laughs) like if honestly, if anything, like, I imagine the Reds are probably more upset about this than the league, if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, But either way, it was a crazy TV moment I had to mention. All right. What's your ugla?
2: My ugla, Jordan, was the greatest home run of the season. (laughs) which happened on Monday night. If you're on baseball Twitter, you've already seen it. If you're anywhere in the world, you've probably seen it. Let's talk about your mean Mercedes going big fly off of the Tortuga. Williams S. Studio. Jordan, there's like a thousand great things about this video. One is that they're both built like fists. They're both thick men. Uh, Now, there was a lot of chatter about that, but I woke up this morning and I was like, that was a slow pitch. And I did a little research and it turns out slowest pitch hit for a home run in the Statcast era, even before that, right? Because we have pitch speed data going back to 2008. So that's 13 years mm-hmm. of data, slowest pitch hit for a home run. It looks ridiculous. I mean, it is a loopy lollipop and your mean is swinging out of his tourist. Yeah. I mean, it reminded me of like. The celebrity
3: softball yeah. game, like where where some random celeb has to go up and pitch to like Bo Jackson, and they <laughs> throw it up, they just lob it up there, and like you, they wait for the ball to come down, and then just absolute daddy hack. Um, if you had to if you had to say hey, who if you had to pick one player to swing three o in a fifty run game
2: on a 47-mile-hour pitch, who would it be? I'd be like, oh, you're mean Mercedes. That's Uh, the best part about the video. Like, the whole thing, this whole interaction could only have happened with these two people because no one has really, maybe a handful of players, but no one has been throwing as slow as a position player pitching as Astudio. And I would say that no one would swing at that hard at such a pitch as your mean Mercedes. And for them to be facing off in a game like this in a 3-0 count is just, ah, makes me believe in a higher power. Um, The other hardest hit or... The other home run off of the slowest, second slowest, you know what I'm trying to say, was DJ LeMayhew <laughs> last year. Respect the game, DJ. What the heck? What are you doing, man? Unwritten rules. Come on. Right. Uh, against Toronto last year. But we, you know where we stand, people. This is great. If you're out there pitching, I'm going to be out there hitting. And you got to put food on the table. Home runs count all the same. No one at the end of the year is going to be like, oh, you're mean as 28 homers, but it's really 27. <laughs>
3: well and also like again like where we don't need to relitigate it's the same thing every time twins announcers get mad and the the logic part i mean beyond the disrespect the game part like if you really try to logic through it um like they they said like oh he's gonna get the same pitch next time and you saw the lemahieu one was on a 3-1 pitch not a 3-0 it's like okay if, it seems like the point is that you're supposed to not do that because the game, you want the game to be over, to which I would say, okay, then just have fucking forfeits if you don't want to be playing baseball anymore under these circumstances. Also, to your point about position players, pitching it's just more entertaining than what would be happening if they put a mop-up reliever in there and was throwing him actual pitches. That's not interesting for anyone involved. Anyone who was still at that game is going to remember that way more than they would have if, if he had not done that. And to my point, so, okay, well, if he was going to walk, then that's going to extend the game anyway. Like, Just whatever. It's a stupid thing. If you don't, if you really think that this is so bad, you are arguing for forfeits. That is what you're saying because you're saying the game is over and you should not be playing baseball anymore. If you don't believe they should be playing baseball anymore, the way your mean Mercedes was when he stepped in and swung 3-0 because you're allowed to do that in the sport of baseball, then just just say it. Say you don't want there to be games anymore when it's 16 runs deficit. That's what you're
2: saying. Ready for a take? Hmm. What your mean did hitting a home run off of that pitch is harder than hitting a home run off a 92 mile an hour fastball.
3: Oh, that's the other thing, dude. It's it's crazy to hit a ball like when he it's that hit slow. a
2: ball twice as hard yes. as it was
3: pitched to him. Yes. That's nuts. You have to supply the power in that case, right? Like it when it's when guys are throwing 95, you just have to connect. You just have to square it up, which is hard. But you're not supplying the juice in the way that you swing. This, yeah, he had to do all the work here, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's an amazing moment. Um and the And a
2: great argument there. for your mean Mercedes is uh Homer Derby qualifications. Oh my God. Absolutely, 100
3: All right, there it is, the good, the bad, the ugla. We now want to do one more thing before we say goodbye here on this episode of baseball barbecue, which is mention our uh our slow march towards the 20,000th player in Major League history, which we have been tracking with a debut thread, Major League Baseball debut thread over the last two seasons. And uh, we are now at nineteen thousand nine hundred and ninety-four after the latest rash of Mets injuries, and perhaps the Mets will be giving us a few more debuts in the coming days. I'm not sure who those could be, but we just wanted to mention this because it does look like it will happen before our next recording. And uh, yeah, any do you want to just throw a guess down onto the table here? Do you want any guy that you would like to see this happen for? I wrote an article for Fox Sports trying to guess it. It is already. I mean, I already got you know Jake Hager was on there. He debuted, so that was fine, but. I'm already not feeling great about my guesses,
2: um, but let's just—I'm—I I'm, am very excited to see uh, who this is. It, it's great because, like, once we get 19999, 9, 9, which, by the way, is sneaky, maybe as cool as 20k. <laughs> um, <laughs> once we get 19999, 9, 9, we're all going to be on call, like all of us, all of our phone. Fo- like, I'm going to put alerts on. Like, I'm going to have all the transaction logs just roll in, ready to go. So
3: that's that's what I—I'm I, glad you mentioned that because. I think that is what I'm looking forward to. And how I hope this goes down, as for who it is, whatever. It's not worth guessing that. I hope that we get to 1999 and there's no one on a roster else who could debut. So that we're basically waiting for a call-up that it could be. Yeah. And we're watching for injuries. So it's like, it's not that there's like a couple that it could happen because then it'll be a little too chaotic. That's what I'm hoping. I hope we're at 19999 9, 9, and think, there's no one else and we're waiting for the call-up.
2: I think the ideal scenario is there's no one else, and then there's like four very minor injuries that happen simultaneously. <laughs> and four teams call up someone at the same time Imagine, and they're all like, like, And you have to like it, it, like someone debuts at like 108 and one person debuts at 112. Right. Like that's well, what I want. Well, Who's well, that, gonna get or, in the game first? Well,
3: right. I mean, obviously that that could make it very chaotic. But I, I also just hope that there's some level of anticipation, too. That's why I kind of want there. It's it to be a break after 1999. Um, and we'll see if we get that lucky. Um, but yeah, then like watching, then it becomes like, you know, trade deadline hugwash. It's like, oh, someone just left a minor league game in the fourth inning. Like, is is, is he on his way? Like that? That's that's what I'm really uh, excited about. So. um, All right. Uh, that is it we did anything any final yeah i got papers? a quick
2: shout out i had someone come up to me the other day jordan at my little league game and uh let me know that they were a big fan of the pod so i just had to shout out the rosaldos at harlem little league amazing fired me up fire me That's you know because i'm in i'm in full coach mode right like i got my sunglasses on my hat you know i got my stopwatch in my pocket and someone's like hey love the pod and i was like hey thanks like hey i love the pod too it's a so it shouts out <laughs> no, it's very good. Pods cool. fine. I'm
3: glad, effectively I'm wild. Effectively
2: that. wild better. Effectively wild better. Uh
3: thank you for listening. Thank you, Jake Mintz. Thank you to all of uh the major leaguers who joined us for Why Haven't You Homered <laughs> Yet? Yeah. Um thank you to the Angels uh for indirectly and directly giving us a lot to talk about on this episode. Uh thank you to Isaiah Blakely, who subbed in pinch hit for Bobby Wagner and produced this here podcast. Bobby will be back next week. Um, the,
2: the pat Mazika of bobby producing. just pitch bobby, hitting getting the yeah. runs in
3: yes uh so thank you guys bobby of course another met on the aisle no just kidding he's he's on vacation uh so bobby will be back uh next maybe, week but
2: maybe maybe that's where like jeff jeff mcneil is actually on vacation right
3: right exactly that, that would explain a lot
2: uh thank you for listening and we will talk to you
3: next week. Bye.
1: collection at ugg.com.